0: What if I told you that at the Last Supper, Jesus taught us how to think about text messaging? This is Device and Virtue.
1: Well, hey, welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we argue the wrongs and rights of technology and faith in everyday life. Coming to you from Chicago, I am Chris.
0: Um, hmm. Hmm. Chris, uh, wait just a sec. Really? Yeah. No, I got to I gotta you just fit. delivered the entire you, opening. I got to finish this text. I'm sorry. You're texting? Yeah, just a sec. Just a sec. Are you texting? Okay. <laughs> you? Okay. Okay. All right. I'm done. Gosh. Okay yeah sorry. Uh, hey, I'm Adam and uh, hey, uh, Chris, I just uh, I just sent you a text. <laughs> it's, uh we're, we're talking about that's what it says. We're talking're like, t- yeah. talking about
1: texting today, aren't
0: we Yeah. okay. All right, I am fully present. I'm here. Yeah, let's Can you go. Please be here. Yes, I'm sorry. I uh, I got sucked into my phone and it took me a little bit to get back. This is the entire issue. That we want to talk about
1: today, which is how does texting affect how we're present, right? As people, this just happened to me. Like the other day, I was sitting in front, talking with my friend, uh, Colin. We were on the back porch of my house. Uh, I think we were just having a beer. We're sitting out, hanging out. And he asked me, you know, we chit-chat for a while, and he asked me, like, hey, how'd the last week go? And I, st- in, we're at the point in the conversation where it turns to, like, being a little more serious. Yeah, So right. I think, like, oh, this is actually, you know, some stuff that happened that was a little hard, some stuff that I was anxious about. So I start, mm-hmm. like, answering honestly <laughs> back to him. And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I... <laughs> look up, <laughs> and he, you know, he had said uh-huh hun just slightly uh-huh. the wrong spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, where it's like that didn't make uh-huh. any sense to say, uh, stop it, you're doing it. <laughs> and, uh, and I realized like he's not paying attention, his thumbs are moving, and his eyes are down on his screen, right? He's texting, oh my gosh. and I'm like, and it's so terrible. I hate it, like, it's so terrible. just like being lo- I would be so mad right now. So, then. here's what I do in these situations at this point I just like stop talking, right? Like, Mid sentence, yeah. I just shut just up, don't like, even care. and he's still. All of a sudden, he's in silence. Just wait saying, for da, 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 it. Wait for it. And then he looks up and he goes, "Oh, oh, yeah, yeah no, no, I had you. I had, I had you." I'm like, oh, <laughs> "You didn't. You, you did no Idea you...
0: what I'm saying. You get this. This happens to yeah, us, right? It really does. It feels. It feels like there's sort of an etiquette, but we haven't really quite figured it out yet. And maybe, but also like people aren't totally aware because it like it just interrupts right, right then and there, and it just like your attention is there and you forget to even be polite or say, Hey, I need to take this or anything. It's just like, boom. See, you're I want to think I'm
1: really good at it, but <laughs> I might not be. Uh, I want to think everyone else is bad and then I'm good. You know, maybe that's not the case. Naturally. although I have been, I've had the Apple watch recently and I've started to get stupid with that one. Cause normally with my phone, I'm trying to be careful if I'm talking to you, you. started
0: to get stupid.
1: Yeah. I've I'm, normally, if I'm, I'm trying to talk to you. See, I caught that, but I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm talking to you. I'm going to try not to look at my phone and even read the text at the same yeah. time. Cause that'll pull my head yeah. into it. Well, but last my phone, my, my watch has started to slap my wrist. It does that little tap thing on your wrist. And so I found myself suddenly looking down yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was in a conversation, then I read it and then I am gone a little
0: bit. Yeah. Well, that happened last time we were uh, getting ready to record. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it happened to you. I saw it. I was like, you got to turn that thing off. Yeah. I and know. you told me I was not wrong. That was the <laughs> first time ever you said I wasn't wrong. You didn't tell me I was right, but you told me I wasn't wrong. So this
1: whole thing with texting and attention and presence, which are two words that I think you and I are going to use over and over for yeah. the next little bit here. What does yeah. it mean to be yeah, present we, with someone? What does it mean to attend?
0: Right. We talk we talk a lot about like being distracted by our smartphones, right, right. but it really is a matter of attention it's where is your attention right. going right. and maybe you're in control of it maybe you're not in control of it right. but your attention is going somewhere and distraction is simply just your attention having been somewhere and going to something else
1: and and so if our attention is not with the person we're with, I hear so many sermons about, Hey, you've got to be present to people. We need to stop getting mm-hmm. addicted to our screens. Right, we need right. to put those things away, right. you know, like have real relationships. Jesus was a real person. <laughs> you know what <thing>, right? I these Right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of things. Jesus was, he, and so, he, like,
0: he came to be with us in the right. And so like well, he, in an embodied way. So therefore yeah. we have to be incarnate as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So get and, rid of texting. And, <laughs> and And I think there's like, I don't want to say validity, but I think there's I think there's a good like spirit behind some of what they're saying, mm-hmm. but I don't I think it does fail to account for some of the ways that uh, Jesus was present and some of the ways we can think about presence um, differently that that are still I think biblical. So let's think about another example. All right, so say uh, say I'm going into a coffee shop and it's Starbucks cuz oh that's gosh. the only coffee shop on the planet. Okay. And I know what I'm going to get cuz like every Starbucks is the same. <laughs> and so there's a couple of people in front of me, so what do, what do I do? I'm like bored cuz I know what I'm going to get. And so I'm waiting, my pocket buzzes, so I pull out my phone. Yeah, right, of course. And it's my significant other. Okay. So we're te- so suddenly like we're texting you got the three dots in the bottom corner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know she's texting me. So anyway, so we're there. I'm texting. More people line up behind me. I like shuffle forward. Oh, and then eventually, oh, I, I need to like stop texting. But like in that moment, I kind of lose track of the caffeine. I forget the smell of the coffee. I'm not really paying attention to the people around me. But I'm very present, or am I, very present with this this person on the other end and like we're texting about something important or significant or maybe not so so significant but like it's a connection with with her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right and so you know in the same way that you are you know you're sitting with your buddy colin and having a conversation like and that's a significant connect point like i don't really know anybody in this starbucks so i'm going to connect with a person who i know who. I have a relationship with. And like, that's important to me.
1: Yeah. You're standing next to a whole bunch of other people, physically a bunch of bodies all right next to each other. Right. Probably someone bumps you from behind. Right. There's like a whole scenario of a room around you, but you're present on your screen and you're, but it's with the person that's in a uh, uh, the most important relationship. That relationship would outrank any relationship in that room. Right. Space. right? Right.
0: So is it, is it more important for me to be like, physically present with these strangers or is it more important for me to be digitally present with someone who's not in that space but who i have a long-standing relationship with i think that's huge and actually to complicate the
1: story i just told you after colin realized that he had uh, sort of messed with the attention and he <laughs> apologized and he said, actually that was my wife and she really, I really needed to answer her on this. And so, which made it a lot easier, you know, I wish right. he had you know, said something beforehand, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, all yeah. of a sudden I realized like, no way that makes sense. That relationship's critical and it's important. And that complicates it, doesn't it? When we talk about presence and attention, mm-hmm. who are we attending to, who are our values, Where are our commitments? Like mm-hmm. if we're <laughs> like texting someone that's a close relationship might be more important than being attending to the thing that's right in front of us.
0: So I'm going to throw another uh, wrinkle in there. Um, so I know th- there was some uh, research that was done around Starbucks. And so they, they assigned people to two groups. In, in one group, they said, we want you to get in and out as efficiently as possible. Okay. And then in the other group, they said, we want you to you know, engage with the barista, blah, 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 um, before, before you leave. And then they asked people how connected they felt to the people in the space. Uh, and you can see where this is going, right? The most efficient you know, people getting in and out felt no like, real connection to the people around them. But for the people who went in and like had an actual interaction with it, they felt more connected. They had a a, a, a more positive um, outlook on sort of civic, social society. <laughs> okay, wow, right. So the so the barista
1: was probably friendly. Yeah, uh, they exchanged a few things, and then they, <laughs> like,
0: right. yeah. yeah. So
1: and what's the content of that? I mean, like, there's different things that are happening when you even order with a stranger. Like they're making like they probably teach, I've never done this, but they probably teach it in Starbucks employee training, yeah. right? Like make eye contact. I'm, gonna yeah, get, yeah, I'm yeah. literally guessing there's a training video that does this. Like make <laughs> eye contact, say something friendly or mm-hmm. smile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe comment on something for yes. the customer. Right. Right.
0: right. All these uh, things.
1: And I'm sort of listing these things because aren't these some of the things that we do relationally to indicate that we're attending mm-hmm. to someone?
0: Mm-hmm. Even if it's a little manufactured like that. But right. but if 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 we take the smartphone and we put the smartphone into that context, you know, I don't have that connection with people. And so my perception of like the gen general like friendliness of the people around me actually might go down because I am not paying attention to them in the first place. Oh, so, that, so there's like just this other side of it of like how do we perceive what's going on around us just because our we're texting with our significant other that's great but on the other side like there's actually like a a social connection that needs to happen for society for civic friendliness to exist and and for that to be a positive experience overall even with strangers
1: hmm. so my question for you is what in what ways is like texting like say you're texting significant other is it the similar to like interpersonal like face-to-face communication in what way is it different some people talk about is face-to-face is the only real communication but mm-hmm. i think we're going to say and what we're trying to say is like wait text communication actually does include real communication but it's definitely different
0: it is definitely different um i mean i think it's uh i think it was a a, a good move for iphone to add those three little dots um
1: which indicates sort of like that someone else is typing.
0: Yeah, it indicates that they're typing. And I, I kind of see it, it's like an indication that you're thinking, it's an indication of engagement, right? So, one thing is that we are able to notice when the other
1: person is preparing a thought. You're like this. Yeah. When I'm with you yeah face yeah, to yeah. face across the table you're sometimes.
0: Like, All I can see are the three dots right now, Adam. <laughs> I love it when it
1: reverses into real life. Uh Uh, But no, it's true because I mean, uh, I think you would describe yourself as a little more introverted than Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Right. And so I talk, then think, and you usually think, then talk. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes
0: I notice. So you're talking while I'm thinking. (laughs) Right.
1: And that in person thing, I watch you. Then you're talking while I'm talking. I notice your face, Mm -hmm. and and I know, oh, okay, he's thinking about that, which makes it lets me sort of sit. Mm hmm contentedly because i want to know what you're going to say right that's one of the things in person communication can do we can detect facial expressions for like state of mind yeah but texting like it mimics that a little bit so there's the three dots yeah um but the
0: the texting is really i mean it's a low amount of data that's coming across in the end because it's like you kind of just get like the final result of their two thumbs going at it on the
1: yeah that's true it could be lower resolution you know um uh, McLuhan used to talk about sort knew of knew this was coming <laughs> <laughs> what is hot and cold media which you know I think I've always say is better determined like sort of high definition and low definition mm-hmm. Um, how
0: engaged are you in creating what's going on in what you're perceiving? Well, yeah,
1: how much it's about the reader. So, if I'm the one reading the text message yeah. and I don't have a lot to go on, for instance, if I'm FaceTiming, that'd be like high definition. I can see a lot of detail. Yeah. I can see a full facial expression on a text yeah. message. I have these little cues. I have to fill in these gaps on this low definition of media. What do I think the other person's thinking? What are they doing right now? Are they ignoring me right now or are they right. actually busy? Like in, right. And right. um, I find myself a little more emotional sometimes texting. With people that I have a closer relationship with because right. I'm guessing about their emotional state around yeah. me, right? Like yeah. they could have just not it's seen totally the text ambiguous. or they've seen the text, but they have to walk down the hall and do something at work. There's a lot of yeah. things, but I can start feeling emotions because I fill in the gaps, mm-hmm. right? I can't see. Right. So that's right. another difference. It it's relational. Yeah. It's emotional, but I the the reader has to fill in more gaps to, the for the data isn't there. Yeah. I think another difference is um I mean, like texting, like can't with emoji to sort of make, show mood. So when first to face to face, yeah, we like we communicate mood with facial expressions, right? And what's interesting thing about um, emoji is I don't know whether people would agree with me or not on none of this. I think emojis sometimes are a clearer mood indicator because they're sort of simple like I agree like the, the face you know that one emoji with the smiley face it's just a flat line with the <laughs> teeth showing like ooh <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and we sort of it's really funny yeah. how human that we all sort of recognize that human mm-hmm. faces but that sort of made it really clear mm-hmm. and I when I remember yeah. seeing that emoji and going oh wow everyone sort of does that face for that emotion <laughs> but I don't know if we could have named it until we got the emoji you
0: know it's funny I I dislike the exclamation point for the most part, I use it once in a while, but it always yeah. feels a little contrived to me for for my personality. For my personality, it just says I don't know. It can just sometimes it can express anger and yeah, it isn't yeah. maybe or it's like intensity that I don't intend. But I really do like emojis a lot more because I think they do convey a little bit more subtlety or nuance to kind of an emotional range of feelings. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. What's your favorite emoji, Adam?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I send a lot of heart eyes when I like when I get pictures oh, of my niece and nephews um, that my sister and brother-in-law love send. It. And it's just it's <laughs> like I don't even have to I don't have to say anything. I just yeah, send, right. send heart eyes cuz it's yeah, like, yep, yeah. that's how I feel love these kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what about you? Uh, my favorite
1: one right now is the dancing Disco guy with his finger <laughs> <laughs> in there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so like these emoji, all these things like indicate, the, you know, presence on the, like and mood and they communicate relationally. Yeah, One right. other one that I sort of really liked is there's this lab at Northwestern University called the Collaboration Lab and they just research this stuff. And they did hmm. a lot of research on Google Docs and how people interact there or on chats also, like wh- how they are present to each other at work. Uh-huh. And one of the ideas they figured out was called shared gaze, uh, which is how you know somebody else in real life is looking at something else, not you. Like, so like, mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. you ever like you're sitting yeah. with someone at coffee and they like look behind your shoulder looking at something and they look at it enough that you turn around and uh-huh. also look at uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Like it's a something that you, into, you do together. So they figured out on screens, like programmers, maybe they're coding and someone's like looking at one part of the code. And even if they're talking to each other, like on a FaceTime or on voice, um, they don't know which part of the code they're looking at. So they put this little eye tracking thing on the, on the monitor and it actually show it. And then they it showed where the other person was looking in the code so when someone was like hey um can we wait go to one line down or like yeah, yeah, yeah. can what if we change that variable or something the other person could see where that person was looking on their screen it used a little highlighted color thing which indica- which was really cool right it indicated mm-hmm. more presence it was like this togetherness of like someone being able to see where someone's eyes were looking and then match that
0: <laughs> so the computer is tracking all this information for you well, no, it was transmitting that data. It's to giving the other that person. data to the
1: other person, just like texting. So, like, by, tra- by tracking the eye
0: movement. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, uh, just these things that mimic or indicate what it means to be present together, I think uh, it's cool.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I find it interesting the way that you have, we're, we're continuing to increase the number of little details little differences of what presence means and and we're finding a way to like measure that or communicate that digitally and it, we're 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 finding all the like eye tracking and you know a shrug of the shoulders and a nod of the head and whatever it is and we're going to we're going to parse all those things out and then we're going to find a way to transmit them via a data feed.
1: And that's what new digital that's what new media does, right? It takes human things that were often present, I say this a lot, and makes it puts it in a way where we now notice it more and we study it and we talk about it because that new medium makes us think about it more. Okay, so I want to jump from the digital signs of presence, okay, to the theological Signs of presence. <laughs> okay. okay. Like, what does it mean? Because presence is a really important word when we talk uh, biblically about yeah. God, about God with us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think about uh, walking into church last Saturday. Actually, my church is a church plant and they're meeting on Saturday nights, not Sunday. But, okay. Classic, uh,
0: classic church plant move.
1: And we do our worship songs and, uh, you know, we do the different, the sermon and confession of sin and other things. And then mm-hmm. we get to the end of the service and every week we do communion. We do the right. Eucharist, okay, uh, the Lord's Supper, where, um, the pastor, you know, holds up the bread and holds up the cup and says, this is the body of Christ for you. Mm-hmm. In our church, we go to the front. And so we sort of walk up to the front. Pastor gives me bread, and I actually dip it in the cup, Mm -hmm. and then I eat that. And in the body and bread, the cup is the presence, Mm -hmm. the presence
0: of Christ,
1: right? And I'm not trying to make a you know the theological argument about how is it present or is it Catholic or transubstantiation, but uh, almost all Christians say that in some ways that doing this indicates either remembers the presence of Christ or remembers the presence of Christ (laughs) or makes the grace of the presence of Christ or is the presence of Christ. Um, But isn't this interesting, Adam? Isn't the bread and the wine not the actual literal Jesus giving me a hug with arms?
0: Okay. Okay
1: because that was that's the incarnated Jesus and i believe Jesus still has a body but he's mm-hmm. in heaven. Yeah. Uh, but isn't that the mediated presence of Christ, the very presence of Christ to me but at a distance. It's real, it's yeah. there, but it's not the body the the uh the incarnated body of Christ and isn't this just like text messaging? So okay, so you you <laughs> oh, wait, oh. wait.
0: So so you're saying you saying the Eucharist communion is like the heart eyes emoji that Jesus is sending us. Wow. Look at that. Is that what you're saying? Or, or, yeah. or is it more like the seventies disco dancer? <laughs>
1: That's a, well, Maybe right. it's a little bit of both. Well, theologically clearly both. Um, it's a celebration and yeah. it's love. So yeah. Bam, it's yeah. Both. yeah. Don't what Don't you think that the Eucharist indicates the presence of Jesus?
0: I mean, yeah, we do. we, we we look at the bread and the cup as whatever tradition you're in. I think we see it as uh, a symbol. We see it as mediating uh, Jesus' presence, and we see it in some way being reflective of the reality of Jesus there. And we we receive it as such. Um, and I don't
1: want to be trite, but now I might see dimly, but I will see face to face.
0: Yeah. I think the Bible presents us a more complicated picture of what it means to be present than just Jesus came and he was an incarnate person present with us in body and spirit. Therefore, we should also do the same. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but I'm saying that the Bible presents a more complicated picture than just that. Right. Because Jesus also says, it is better for you that I go away so that the spirit can come. Ooh. And the Spirit is also mediating the presence of Jesus into our lives on a daily basis.
1: Media, like digital media? Like, <laughs> mediating. yeah, we use these words, right? Yeah. yeah the Spirit is mediating yeah. on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This weekend, my mom asked me, uh, we were having a conversation, and she's like, so what is technology? And I'm like, have, have I been with you so long, and we've never <laughs> talked about this? <laughs> and And I, I used the term "mediating," and my mom immediately said, "So is Jesus technology because he's the mediator." And I was like, "Yes, mom, I love you so much right now. <laughs> I don't even care anything else, but you like you get it like jesus uh, Jesus is mediating the presence of God. He came and he uh, mediated the presence of God, and now the Spirit is doing it on a daily basis, and the the Eucharist does it for us um, and so Yeah, we use the word mediating uh, sometimes is, is technology will end up being dismissive.
1: Well that's just mediated and we have to do it for real, but mediating yeah. always indicates that both sides exist. Yeah. That there's a speaker and another, you know, two relationships and there's a mediating between. There's something yeah uh, and, and so it actually affirms that relationship, not denies
0: it. Yeah, and in some ways it um, we could see the Eucharist also as as those three dots as reflecting that jesus is thinking about us that jesus is um speaking reflecting on us Uh that jesus is speaking and we're waiting we're waiting for that to be fully realized in some way so i i want to i do want to go to a bible passage though too um and and look at a couple places where i think uh the stories of jesus can inform us and inform our thinking about this so okay um so if Jesus had a cell phone is basically the question that I want to answer. Like if Jesus had a cell phone, what would he do with it? So the, so the <laughs> okay. you know, would he, would he take the text message in the, um, in the Starbucks or, you know, would he be, would he be completely present with those people? And I honestly don't know the answer, but here's, here's the first example. So uh, Matthew 14 is the story. Uh, so Jesus uh, gets the news that John the Baptist has been beheaded. So John's his cousin, and he probably, you know, grew up knowing John, so he's clearly distraught over this. Yeah. Right. And so Jesus immediately uh, gets in a boat with his disciples, and he's like, "Guys, we got to get out of here. We need to go into the hills and pray. Hmm. Let's jump in the boat, cross the lake. He gets out on the other side, and this famous story: he gets out, and he, there's a crowd waiting for him on the other side, hmm. and he has compassion on them, hmm. and he sees them in need, and he provides food for them. And he feeds the 5,000. Yeah. So then, then Matthew says, um, Jesus sends the disciples off in the boat. He sends the people off to the villages for the night, and Jesus immediately goes up in the hills to pray. Okay. And the way I read the Matthew account, at least, is that here Jesus is with something deeply on his mind. His attention is elsewhere. Jesus has something he's planning to do. And when he gets to the other side of the lake, he's, he's interrupted. It's like he gets a text message from a crowd of people oh, and they want his attention. Interesting. And Jesus doesn't say, oh, I'm going to ignore you right now. He says, okay, I'll, I'll attend to you right now. Huh. And we can read that one of two ways. We can read it as um, Jesus is present with the people who are in front of him. Right, which is right. a completely legitimate reading okay right. we can also read it as Jesus gets interrupted from the thing he was planning to do right the thing the thing that is on his mind the thing that has his attention
1: the grieving over John and the grieving over John
0: yeah um but he he instead he postpones that he doesn't ignore it he doesn't say oh I don't need to worry about that anymore but he he chooses to maybe defer it and attend to these people first he he chooses to you know, pick up his phone, look at the text message and decide, am I going to respond to this right now?
1: The interesting thing about the way you put that, the way it affects us, maybe, is that you said there could be two different readings, you know, yeah. <laughs> like one could be he attends to the interruption. The other one is he attends to the people in front of him. But what I hear you saying is that um, that he's actually making choices about what is valuable and important, regardless in which way, which is like he's he's. Right. It's not automatically one or the other perhaps. Right. It's like wait this is it's almost like the Starbucks line example if your spouse is texting you something important maybe even if, even if you were in a casual conversation with an acquaintance say for a minute there or someone you ran into you might right. need to reattend to the spouse and say oh I'm sorry I got to do this. Yeah. And it sounds like Jesus is attending to the right thing in the right place. He's making decisions about that as he goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think the other the other story that comes to mind is he's you know in Luke 8 he's headed to Jairus's house Jairus's daughter is um, sick and dying and Jesus is like intent on getting there he's surrounded by a crowd but then this power goes out of him and he's like who touched me yeah and and who touched me they're like Jesus you're crazy everybody's touching you (laughs) they're all around you and and Jesus is like no somebody touched me I felt the power go out of me and In some ways I think about that and I think, what did, what did Jesus notice? I mean, he, he was attentive to what was going on inside him, but he was aware of what was going on around him. And yet he was sensitive enough to recognize like someone touched me for a reason with, with, with an intention. Um, and he stops and he attends to that interruption an interruption that I like when I think about her, it it says she touched the fringe of his robe because she thought if I can just touch the fringe of his robe, I'll be clean. And I think the fringe of his robe, he was just aware of like a a little vibration. It's almost like, it's almost like a a text message coming in. Uh, Just, just subtle enough to notice it. Yeah. But like Jesus says, oh, I need to pay attention to that. Um, Now, obviously I think more was going on than that, but, but I think that was also going on and Jesus, again, he attends to the interruption um, because it's important and he dignifies the woman with his attention, with his presence and uh, makes her known in a deeper way than she would have been otherwise.
1: These are so good because... I, if I, I were listening to you, some people might wonder why are you jumping to this concept of interruption? <laughs> like, mm, yeah. um, like, cause you're using these stories of interruption in Jesus's life, but these have to do with attention and presence. Mm-hmm. Like where mm-hmm. are we attending and what are we choosing to attend to? Yeah. Um, the, uh, to jump over to communication scholar for a second. Um, uh, this guy, I mentioned this guy, Joshua Merowitz wrote this book called, um, no sense of place. Yeah. It was okay. back in the eighties, 1980s. Yeah. And he, it was before, text, it was before text messaging, but he was starting to notice electric electronic media uh-huh. and sort of how we, it derails us. And he sort of talks about, he says, he sort of says, um, whether a palace or a tent, physical separations between people were also communications separations between people. That, so, like, if I if I if I'm in the house and you're on the other side of the house to go talk to you, I have to walk over to you, right? <laughs> okay. Does that you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, there's no other way to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah Prayer, yeah, yeah. electronic media, and the quintessential ritual around that is um, like knocking on a door. Like, if I walk up to the door oh, yeah. and we're like I would like to communicate with you, I need to like physically touch the side of the room. Yeah. Knock, so you knock, can, knock. so you can know I'm present. I'm physically yeah. there. And then we can have a communication. And then he starts noticing electronic communication, bust down those things. Cause you can, you're like your ghost floating through walls. Mm-hmm. You can, you don't need to knock or that.
0: It's, it's the phone ringing. It's like, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. I need your attention right
1: now. Or the little, the little, the little touch. But it, the reason why I bring that up is because, um, electronic or did then for him, electronic media and then later digital media, what we're talking about, text Uh messaging, smartphone kind of stuff. um, That really has forced us to think about how do we deal with interruption and communication and relationships that isn't just physically present. The examples that you brought up with Jesus. Yeah. Are physically present examples. The woman reaches out for his robe, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the crowd is there, feeding in front of him. But it doesn't mean we can't learn from those. Right? He's doing. He's managing presence and attention in the physicality, mm-hmm. but we can learn in the non-physicality how Jesus managed that attention.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it helps me kind of realize like our experiences aren't unprecedented. That even Jesus was experiencing some level of this, maybe in a different um, intensity and maybe in a different sort of spatiality, but he's still experiencing this this interruption in the same way that we experience. So we've really, yeah, kind of we've covered really the two things we we talked about in the beginning. There's attention and there's presence, and being present with someone involves our attention, and it involves more than just our body. It's also about uh, the spirit and the attention that we give to people. And And if anything, I think Jesus sort of leads us in the direction of recognizing both of those things, when to do which.
1: Yeah, that's really good spiritually, Adam, which is why I'm thinking that I just want to jump back over to vice and virtue. <laughs> And here's my vice or virtue for the day on texting, vice or virtue, Adam. Read receipts.
0: <laughs> read receipts.
1: Do you know oh, what I mean? Man.
0: Yes, I do. You know, I, on your phone, where you yes. have the switch, where you like, it yeah. lets the other person know whether or not you've read that message, and like, sort of like, what time? Yeah, my dad just got his first iPhone, and he his, he didn't he doesn't know about read receipts, but his are on.
1: I I think they're on
0: by default. I yeah. you have yours turned off. They're don't on you? by default. Come on. Mm default yeah
1: so the other person can see information about that
0: right yeah but, but then it puts pressure on me to respond right away or to not read <laughs> read it until I'm ready I think the ambiguity is better than knowing oh they read it and they didn't respond if it's like a significant deal if it's not a significant deal <laughs> if it's not a significant I deal sp- then it doesn't matter like what does the red receipt do it gives it gives the other person like some sense of control but then they're just like worried about it vice it's t- it's totally a vice. <laughs>
1: okay so much hypocrisy here since you were talking earlier about how you like the three dots when someone's writing but you don't like when someone's understood or
0: heard what you said Dude, red receipt does not mean read, or it doesn't mean understood or heard at all
1: well it means i mean at least some basic it, of
0: heard right because someone's seen it as
1: opposed to not seeing it and then they've it, opened it they've and opened then they it, right? it uh i like mine on i think
0: uh that's because you're a more transparent person than i am yeah and i think like i
1: mean it, there's occasional times when i do think um and there to be honest you can turn this off per person oh and so i have actually occasionally turned it off for a specific person but most of the time i leave them on because you know i, I read it sometimes i still don't respond for a few hours because i need to think about it or i'm mm-hmm. busy but that's how life works on these things and so i want that other person to You know, that I've seen it at the very least want to be transparent. So I think it's a virtue.
0: All right. Well, you're wrong. (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, um, at least that'll continue uh, our <laughs> podcast because it's pretty much built on you being right and me being wrong, or yeah, or vice versa. <laughs> no, no, it's it's the one way. Well, um, I'll text you for the next time uh, that we'll be getting together f- to record. All right, <laughs> for our podcast. I, and you won't know if I read it or not. <laughs> that's, <so. laughs> that's true, I won't. But a uh, uh, good conversation on texting and presence. Thanks, uh, Chris. I'll see you next time, Adam. Hey, let's keep the conversation going. I think it's an argument. Okay. Tweet to us at device virtue. And for links and show notes, check us out at deviceandvirtue.com. And do leave us
0: some love by rating us on iTunes. Yeah, please do. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.